재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 In this week's Planet Korea, the German-Korean nursing connection. From 1959 to 1976, more than 10,000 Korean nurses were sent to West Germany. There was a West Germany back then, after all. It was win-win. Germany needed the skilled labor, and Korea needed the salaries. Most of those nurses settled in Germany, marrying Germans and starting families. That created whole generations of blended German-Koreans who feel very much a part of both cultures. The Seoul Museum of History is currently celebrating those nurses with an exhibition called Beyond the Borders and the Boundaries. I headed over there to check it out with two German-Korean friends. My name is Jae Kyung Lim. I'm working here as a curator of the Seoul Museum of History. In 1966, the Korea Overseas Development Corporation started recruiting women to work as nurses in Germany. Many of them settled. They were the first generation of Korean immigrants in the country. Seoul is a global city of the 21st century. This exhibition aims to show Seoul is a place of hospitality for people of all nationalities, religions, and cultures. Daniel Tendler, we know you real well on the show by now. You've popped up every time we want to talk about Hanuks and architecture. You're an accomplished architect here in town. But we're talking to you today for a completely different reason. You happen to be one of the uh, few people I personally know who is natively fluent in German and also in Korean. And there's a very particular reason for that, and that's being acknowledged at the Seoul Museum of History this week. Yes, yes. Uh, my mom... As a Korean nurse uh, who went to Germany to work. As everyone knows, Korea was very poor at the time, and uh, Germany was in need of workforce, in particular people doing nursing jobs. So Korea and Germany made an agreement. Korea would send uh, the nurses, and Germany would um, give them work and give Korea um, a huge loan with which they could start to develop their economy. So my mom went in '65 as one of the first groups that were sent to Germany. And she's still there. She's still in Germany. Yes, my mom is still in Germany. Well, she, she went to Germany when she was 18, so she has lived pretty much her whole life in Germany. And uh, for her, Korea is even more a sort of foreign country now. So what you are is basically an example of this entire mass migration of Koreans in the 1960s to Germany. And there's this whole generation of combined German Koreans uh, to show for it. And so you're a living example of that. We've brought along, or you've brought along, another example. Could you introduce us to our new friend here? Yes, uh, I brought along uh, Lisa. <laughs> it's a, an interesting story because um, 
Lisa was applying for an internship at our uh, office, and then we figured out that our mothers uh, used to be close friends. Lisa, you you didn't have any idea that you guys were personally collect, uh, connected on that level. Both of your mothers were nurses in Germany? Yes, both uh, mothers are nurses, and they met a long time, and then they lose contact, and now I knew Daniel a long time, yeah. What a weird coincidence and so <laughs> you've got now this whole wing of the Seoul Museum of History full of sounds and visuals and photos and explanations kind of celebrating the uh, the mutual benefit that came to both sides. Uh, the Germans got the labor they needed, they got the people to fill those jobs, Korea got some of the capital that it desperately needed and this whole mixed culture generation came into the world and some of them made their way back to Korea. I dare say almost, Daniel, you, you feel very much at home in Korea, right? Yeah, I do pretty, feel pretty much at home now. I mean, like, building up our office with a Korean partner and uh, I've been here for more than seven years now. So it's, it's pretty much home for me now, yes. Hmm. Bringing a German architecture training and education into the Korean space, and that's what you do with your, your Hanok work. But anyway, let's go walk around, and we'll see what we can see in terms of visuals. I'm interested to see what kind of stuff you recognize and, and what kind of stuff uh, is relevant to your life. One of the very first things we see, it says Westdeutschland in the 60er Jahren, and uh, it means West Germany in the 70s and then in the 60s. I think one of the most interesting things about your moms, respectively, is that they both, they made contact, Korea and Germany, at a time when the division of both countries was relatively new. So even if they were far apart in terms of language and culture and so on, Uh, they both knew the pain of a country that was freshly divided. Did you ever talk to your mom about that, about the division and, uh, you know, comparing, swapping notes with the Germans? Or did that, did that ever come up even in her life? Well, first I have to say that my mother's family is from the southern region, uh, southern Cholam province, Cholam province, and uh, she comes from Gwangju. So we fortunately didn't have to suffer any family separation issues. So, from that perspective, it wasn't such an acute issue for us. Well, but my, my father's parents, they come from Eastern Germany originally, so we have a little bit more of like a family connection to that issue. I was born before the re re reunification, but um, um, most of my, let's say, conscious life, Germany was already unified. And it's basically more on that level that, you know, you express your hopes and... Uh, expectations for Korea and your, your anxieties a little bit, so that's what you sometimes talk about. So as we make our way through to the main exhibit hall, we walk through this, it's mocked up like an airline or an airplane cabin, and through the round porthole windows, you can see what those nurses on the plane probably saw as they flew over Germany, coming in for a landing for the first time. Imagine how how weird they must have felt, how disoriented. Uh, they had presumably never been outside their country. Now they were moving. Under what terms did they move over? Was it for a contract for a couple of years? or uh, As far as I remember, my mother started with a two-year or three-year contract. But um, my mom went in the very first year of the program, and those women were educated in Germany. So she had like her education time, I think, two years. 
in Germany and would work after that. Later on, they changed it and educated nurses went to Germany. So the situation was a little bit different, I think. So landing for the first time, knowing you're going to be there for a couple of years, working, not knowing the language, not knowing anybody. And in fact, as we come out of the little airline uh, fuselage, we can see a black and white video of those very first Korean ladies, young ladies, arriving off the plane. They're in full hanbok with uh, their hair up and they're carrying bouquets of flowers. I always find it fascinating to see, you know, you know these women, you can see they come from a very conservative Korea, a very traditional Korea, wearing the traditional clothes and also the kind of language the German reporter uses, you know, look at these... Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to translate that. It's it's different times, and he's saying what a kind of magical scene this is. How this you know Korean woman gets a magic picture, a magic scene we are gazing at. They were what women were supposed to be in a traditional society, beautiful, like modest, and uh, we'll see how that changes. <laughs> I can imagine in 1960s Germany, uh, there probably wasn't a whole lot of cross-cultural contact with Korea. So seeing an entire plane of Korean women, a lot of them in hanboks, uh, emptying out uh, on the stairs, that must have been quite an exotic experience. And uh, you're saying that's in the reporter's voice, that, oh, this magical moment, these women of Korea. Uh, definitely. I mean, they're seen as something exotic. I mean, if today we can't even use that word, um, when we talk about people <laughs> but <laughs> I hated myself too um, but back then it was it was like that and uh, Germany back then also was much more conservative of course than today but I think it was the time when German women started to free themselves from those old fashioned way of thinking and uh, started to fight for their rights and I think that inspired the Korean women Alltagsleben, everyday life, personal life of nurses here. Let's see what it says. Curiosity about a new world, strong determination, and a desire to reinvent themselves. These are qualities shared by the Korean women that did not make their new lives in a foreign land any easier. The unfamiliar food and language, the loneliness of being separated from family, the biased attitudes of locals toward migrants, all these and more left the young and healthy women exhausted. Did your mothers experience that kind of bias towards migrants? I would say my mom was lucky um, in one aspect. Um, since she went as one of the first women uh, and was educated in Germany, I think she went when she was quite young, so she could adjust well. She could learn the language very well. And her group was taken care of um, Catholic German nuns. And she explained that those nuns took really good care of them, like they taught them German, like um, very strictly. She said they were very strict but very good to them. So maybe that's one of the reasons why I think my mom um, adjusted very well in Germany, even though many things, of course, were strange. The food, everything, she said, in the beginning they couldn't eat anything until one day um, the nuns figured that they would eat the rice with the peas. <laughs> rice and peas, that rice was the first... Peas, yes, and after that day she said... They got rice and peas every day. <laughs> <laughs> sauerkraut is German kimchi, though. I mean, I didn't, they would have liked sauerkraut. I think, I think sauerkraut um, was edible for them, too. <laughs> it's one of the few. But cheese was difficult. Still, some things are very um, 
yeah foreign to my mom so for example when my dad is not at home she still um, eats rice at the morning or soup so <laughs> this is something she she quite do now yeah okay you can take the mother out of korea but you can't take the korea out of the mother Right, so we're at this table where a lot of old-fashioned, black and white, very 70s-looking, kind of 60s and 70s-looking wedding photos are. And Daniel, you, you just exclaimed as we went by, oh man, do these look familiar. What, what's familiar to you? I mean, they, they could be just plugged out of my family's uh, photo album. <laughs> like, if I don't, if I just have a glance at it, like, it could be my parents. <laughs> you know, these scenes look so familiar, like, you know, marrying in Germany once in, in you know, in a white dress and a suit, and then once more in a Korean Hamburg. <laughs> my parents uh, married twice, once in Germany and then in Korea, so mm. we even have those pictures from Korea in a wedding hall. And, uh, yeah, it just... Uh, so many things could be just from, from my life here. Nice little home movie playing here, you guys. Um, we can see a 70s-looking German guy, a white guy with a long beard. He is very obviously in a traditional Korean wedding garb, holding up a silk screen. He's got his 1970s sunglasses on, and he's obviously coming out into a Korean Hanok-style courtyard. There are all the women in their uh, Hanboks, and they are waiting. He's bowing to the family. This, this tall German guy is bowing to the family. Is this what your dad did? Um, we have pictures of my dad in exactly the same clothes. The style of Hanok and this... I don't know how you call this hat that he's wearing, so it looks familiar. <laughs> did your parents have a traditional Korean wedding? Yeah, they also married in uh, Korea, so my dad is also wearing a traditional um, dress, and my mom also. And then they went to Germany, and they married also um, in a church and my my aunts were um, and my um, my grandmother was coming from, from Korea and they wear traditional um, clothes, the hanbok so we have pictures at home for a traditional church in Germany with the Korean hanbok wir riefen Arbeitskräfte und es kamen Menschen It means something like um, we needed uh, labor or we needed workforce and uh, humans came, human beings came. So it's, this is one of the sentences that really touched me most when I came here. Like this moment when they realized, oh, they're human beings, they have feelings, they have rights. Um, I think it's, it's very central <laughs> to this whole um, exhibition. The quote is not attributed to anybody in particular. Uh, we imagine, I don't know, it was just something that might have been said by somebody at the time and it stuck, but it's contrasting the idea of uh, just impersonal people to fill headcounts in hospitals, in coal mines, in factories, in universities. And, oh, yeah, actual human beings are there. Some of the posters the women are wearing, kind of like uh, sandwich boards, they're written in German. What did they say? Um, they're demonstrating for um, foreigners' rights, immigrants' rights. And also here we can see there's a sentence written in Korean. And it says, 우리는 독일의 병원이 간호원을 필요로 해서 이곳이 왔으면 당신들을 도와줬다. Germany was in need of nurses, so we came and helped you. 
우리는 상품이 아니다. 이제 우리는 우리가 돌아가고 싶을 때 돌아가겠다. We're not, we're not a thing. Uh, now we're not a package to be sent back. We'll go back when we want to. Yes, exactly. We'll go back when we want. When we decide to go back, it's very determined, I would say. But uh, I think um, that's the right that they earned. Yeah. And in the case of your mom, she never went back. She's a a, a German, basically. Yes, my mom originally went to Germany and thought she'd stay for maybe three or four years. But then she said she realized very quickly, even before marrying my father, that she had soaked in so much new thinking and um, mentality that in the end it became really difficult for her to ever come back again, like for a living. Sieht man die Menschen sich sehnen und sieht ihren Schmerz, ihre Tränen, dann fragt man sich immer nur, muss das so sein? Doppelte Wurzeln halten besser. And the Korean? So, double roots hold firmer. Is that what it says? Exactly, that's what it says, yes. Do you agree with that? I think so. And I think it's always important to know about your roots. Even though most half Koreans, I would say, rather grow up as Germans. And are totally comfortable in Germany. You always meet some people who have identity issues. But um, I, for myself, I have to say, I feel more like complete the more I know about Korea and the more I get um, comfortable with uh, my Korean side. I never used to be uncomfortable, I have to say that. But I think uh, my years in Korea have helped me to become like whole. Yeah. How do you feel about your doppelte Wolzen? It's very interesting because now I've um, met um, Daniel and I can talk with him um, open about the situation we are Korean and German and before also with my sister with my cousins we never discussed we are we have two roots so this is the first time I speak about it and this is very interesting also for me because when I was young it was very difficult to grow up uh, in a small village and we were the own the only um, child with the you know um, other eyes we have a different hair color so this was very different from difficult for me and I don't know about the feelings about my sisters but for me it was very difficult sometimes I wished I have blonde hairs and big blue eyes <laughs> because they yeah they um the kids they were um, teasing us because of our eyes and they always said you are from China but now I think it's it's very precious we have two roots because we can choose which we which culture we the bad things from the culture we can choose and this is very nice and i think it's also very important to know about the the roots so from germany and from korea and it's very nice we have a i have a very good contact to our um to our family in korea so i can learn a lot of about the korean culture because we grew up in Germany and I knew everything about Germany and every time I've been here I knew sometimes my behavior okay this is like like in Korea and this is very nice to know where you come from and where your mother came from and why are you yeah why is your behavior like this ah okay you are from Korea and this is typical for Korean so this is very nice alright guys thank you very much for coming out today it's been fun thank you very much also Thank you for making this program about this uh, exhibition, which is very personal to me. 
So we're walking out of the museum. I, I, I figure the recording's done. We're on our way to get a little snack. And Lisa starts talking about how she's had this sort of emotional experience in there. When I came to the interview, I never expected those emotions because when I was young it was a big issue for me to be a half Korean and I wish okay hopefully I I look a little bit more German so I have German cousins and they look they have um, big blue eyes and blonde hair and I always wish when I was young I have always also blonde hair because this is what everything looked like look like and when I grew up and I I'm a little bit older now. I thought, okay, so for example, when I'm in Korea, I wish I look more Korean. So this is very interesting. Every situation, sometimes I wish I look more Korean and sometimes I wish I look more German, but it's just, you know, just looking, but it's also a big big thing for me. I don't know, especially why I never t talked about... I have two brothers and one younger sister and we never talked about this topic. So when I met Daniel um, this year for the first time. It was the first time I was talking with the stranger about the about the whole thing Korean and German roots. So now when I, I saw the video from the other persons, I thought why why did I never talk about thing with my with my sister or with my brother? It took Lisa coming to a Seoul museum. <laughs> about nurses in the 1960s to uh, to start this confronting the emotions and things. All right, let's go. Yeah. 